Look at my butt. Show number 167 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK Talk Trek. Happy New Year. Well, we're back. We're back. We haven't recorded since last year. I know. Well, there were so many reasons, not the least of which was holidays, but also you didn't have any voice. That would have been pointless. It was terrible. I was, okay, this is New Year's Day, and I started getting sick a week before Thanksgiving. Oh, crazy. Just crazy. But I'll tell you, there were some some little bright spots, and one of of which was... um, I stayed inside except to walk my dog to the corner and back for several weeks. I couldn't mm-hmm. go any further. So when I finally got out, it was like the city had been transformed into Christmas land <laughs> overnight. I was like, wow, look at all the lights. <laughs> but yes. Oh, how nice. Yes. Well, I'm so glad you have your voice back. Oh. It, was, it was a long dry spell there, and I, I felt like um, people were thinking we must be dead or something. Well, that's why I you know, finally put something up on our Facebook Mm-hmm. And, you know, and thank you, everyone, for your, your kind thoughts. And yes. we are back, but, you we know. We are. These things happen. They do. Real life happens. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, but now Christmas is over. New Year's is over. I don't have a hangover because I went to bed at like 11 o'clock last night. Um, uh, let's see. I went to bed probably about the same time. Mm-hmm. I was on a Sherlockathon. <laughs> uh, my sister and I were watching Ben Benedict. Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh-huh. Cumberbund, yes. Cumberbund. I got a funny story about him, too. <clears throat> In the Sherlock thing, she'd only gotten to see one of them. So we watched all six of them. Wow. And they are, they are just so great. And the last one's a oh, big, huge cliffhanger. And so then we went online because I said, I'm pretty sure it starts up again in March. No, they start filming again in March. Oh. So it's going to be a year well, you know, that's the way they're doing things these days because the Doctor Who Christmas special was on Christmas, obviously. Yeah. And the next set of episodes start in April. <laughs> so now we but have to April wait. But April of 2013, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now we have to wait. I mean, they're filmed. I, as far as I know, they're all done filming or maybe they half filmed them or something. Mm-hmm. But it's like, really? Does it really have to be that long? Like, yeah. what are you doing there? Well, Just, you know, it's Doctor Who. They have to do effects. And so that's a long post-production. I guess so. Yeah. I, I saw um, on Twitter that they had a New Year's parade, I guess maybe in London, and they had a TARDIS on the back of a truck, uh-huh. you know? And um, they also coerced some of the stars, I guess, uh, <laughs> Matt Smith and, and the new companion, Jenna Louise Coleman, to be on top of this truck waving uh-huh. at the cloud. And I was thinking, oh my God, how awful for them, you know? This was in London? I guess so. Oh, but imagine, you know, like they're all hung over and it's cold oh. and out and like waving at people. Hi, uh. here. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing about Benedict Cumberbatch. A couple of weeks ago, I read um, something online was talking about the uh, the coming attraction of the new Star Trek movie. <sighs> and it said um, the villain is played by Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, of Sherlock fame. And they said, he appears, at least from the trailer, not to be shirtless, which means we didn't get to see his cumber boobs. <laughs> hey, while we're on the subject. Yes, I did okay. see the the trailer. Yeah, I finally saw it yesterday. So the first time um, they showed it 
right before The Hobbit, but when when I saw The Hobbit for the first time, they didn't show it because of whatever in the theater I was seeing. So I, for, I saw it for the first time yesterday, and it looks really boring, I have to say. It looks like people running and explosions and like every other – because literally every – trailer that we saw before the hobbit was for a post-apocalyptic science fiction movie really? all of them it's like is that the only kind of movies that they make these days well, are post-apocalyptic movies i guess um i saw it for the first time yesterday too not the nine minute one just the yeah the, the little short, short one. one and i thought just what you did it's explosions and people running and then afterwards i thought that was about the worst trailer i've ever seen it was bad. Because, you know, there's the trailers that tell you the whole movie. This is the opposite. This tells you nothing. Does nothing to, to you know, whet your appetite or intrigue you. Mm-hmm. It just blows up and flashes and runs and then it's over. So the, the thing um, I noticed about it, so, well, two things, which we had noticed earlier, is that there is the, the hands touching through the glass thing, mm-hmm. which made me angry all over again just yes. seeing it. Like, how dare you do that? J.J. Yes. Abrams, you suck. Yeah, um, I booed when his name came up on the oh, thing. So. That was bad. And then th- there, the tagline for the movie is something like, what would you do to save your family? Mm-hmm. Are they talking about the Enterprise crew as the yes, family? Yes, yes. I'm sure okay. of it. Okay. So I think that's bad. Yes. For a number of reasons, because although Kirk's family is his crew of the Enterprise, he does have an actual family that, that we know about, and we met them, some of them, anyway. But for him, it's not that the Enterprise and the crew are his family, it's that they're his crew and his ship, and they're his responsibility. Yes, yeah, well, again, J.J. Abrams, you know, there's this total disconnect between his brain and Star Trek, and unfortunately he's making movies based on what he knows. <sighs> um, here's my idea of what the plot is. Okay, tell me. Okay, Gary Mitchell comes back uh-huh. and kills Kirk's real family, his mother if she's still around, and Sam if he even exists. Mm-hmm. So all his family is the crew, and then he goes after them, and it's played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And I think the hands touching between the glass are going to be Gary and Kirk. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I'm really starting to think I don't want to see it at all, though. And I certainly may not be able to see it without you right by my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I could see it without you because, yeah, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, so and we'll we may have to, have to see, see it at a drive-in. <laughs> That's okay. I'd actually rather do that. <laughs> Where we, preferably with trains going by. Yeah. And a that, better movie playing on one of the other screens. That would be much better. <clears throat> yes. Um so, yeah, you know, the um, the contrast. You know, if we were the, to do that, if it yes. were to be playing at one of the drive-ins in the, the Bay Area, I know we could get several people to go in the car with us. Sure. That'd be great. <laughs> I love that. It would be fun. It would be, you know, our, our version of a road trip. Yeah. Party in a car. Woo-hoo! I could borrow a van. <laughs> it would be great. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, let's let's try to do that. When is it happening? This summer or something? I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's not on my calendar. <laughs> yeah. I watched on, on Saturday night, uh, The Empath was on. That oh, was the, okay. The one that they showed, and I watched that. And uh-huh. it was the remastered one, and it was good. It was mm-hmm. it was very good. And, and, oh, my, Jim just looked so trim. He looked really thin. Yeah. I don't remember when. It was third season, but it must have been, in like, at the very beginning of the third season. Right, or the good. end. Yeah. 
He looked really good. Um, and there was lots of shirtlessness and, yes. and armpit hair, which was nice. But um, the thing that struck me was how Kirk he was being like – you know, they're sitting around trying to figure out what's going on and where they are. And there's Jem and she's being all, you know, beautiful and soft. And McCoy's being very nice to her. And Kirk's like barking at her going, yeah. what are we here? <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, well, he's the captain. Of course he needs to know. Yeah. And he's pissed off. So it, it was just, you know, that's the way Kirk should be. Yes. Um, I wanted to just read very quickly uh, from a comic that I've referenced before, a daily that's called Canderville. And um, the main character, Lamont, is a big Star Trek fan, and he's got that insignia on his shirt. So he's walking down the street with his friend, Susan, and she says, Can I ask you a question, Lamont? And he says, I know what you're going to ask, Susan. Is the villain in the next Star Trek movie Khan, or is it Gary Mitchell? I don't care if he does have godlike powers. Nobody trembles with fear at the name Gary. <laughs> And she says, believe it or not, that's not what I was going to ask you. And he finishes by saying, I don't think I'd pay to see Star Trek II, The Wrath of Gary. <laughs> but he hasn't met Lockwood. That's true. See, The Wrath of Lockwood is a totally different thing. That's true. <laughs> well, what is it the name you hate? Is it Kevin? Kevin. Kevin, Destroyer Kevin of Worlds. Of Worlds. <laughs> That was because that was in um, Sunshine's Guide to TNG. <laughs> one, one of the TNG villains or characters was actually called Kevin, and she said it was a hovering mouse-like name. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gave that example, Kevin, Destroyer of Worlds. Oh, I always thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Speaking of names, <laughs> nothing to do with Star Trek, but it does have to do with our podcasting dogs. Um the other day in the elevator, of course, I have my little dog, Jack, with me, and he's very friendly, and this little boy, about six, starts petting him, so I said, his name is Jack, and the parents were with the little boy, and the mother said to the little boy, well, that's your middle name, and then she looks at me and says, he's Buster Jack, and oh, I, my goodness. I said, oh, my previous dog was named Buster, and they, oh, how nice, you know, and they get off the elevator, and I'm left going, you named your kid Buster? <laughs> <laughs> Buster Brown? I don't know. Weird. <laughs> to me, that's like, I don't know, naming your kid Goomba or Fatso or, you know, something that's a nickname. <laughs> and then I Buster. almost wish I thought of it, you know, to say, are you a fan of Look at His Butt and you name your <laughs> child after the two podcasting dogs? The podcasting dogs. That's very funny. Yes. Buster. So Buster Jack, this show is dedicated to you. Yeah, even though you may never hear it. <laughs> Let's see. Well, what do you want to do next? Gosh, we've got so much stuff. Yes, well, I have to tell you, I remembered the funny thing Bill said on Twitter that totally killed me. Oh, good. Somebody had asked the question, and maybe you saw it, Bill, why do you never come to England? Oh, yes. And he I said one that. word, Ilfracoom. <laughs> Bill has been tweeting like a maniac. I know. It's amazing. And I think it really is him a lot of the time. Um, not doing the typing, of course, but mm -hmm. it, it sounds like him. So here's a little um, thing that happened, which was that um, there was <laughs> – I love this article. This is in the Radio Times. I sent this one to you. And um, it says – the title is, Doctor Who, would Star Trek's William Shatner make a good master? Oh, and yes, I remember great, you sent me that. Yes. yes, there's a great picture of Bill right underneath it, and he's pointing. <laughs> yes. Pointing, <laughs> er, pointing. It looks like it might be from um, 
Oh, I'm not sure which one it is, but he's pointing at somebody. He's angry. He's got the angry face, pointy, mm-hmm. pointy. So for those of you who don't know, the master was a character that appeared in several different Doctor Who um, cycles. And he's sort of the doctor's nemesis. He's another Time Lord. And most recently, he was played by an actor named John Sim. So people have been asking, like, is he going to come back? He's such a good character. We thought he was dead. But, well, it's Doctor Who, so anything can happen. Um, So I'll read you what it says. Quote, is the master coming back? Who knows? Quote, said Matt Smith last night at the launch of the Doctor Who Christmas special. And, um... Uh, our man from New Zealand pointed out that given what Matt Smith is like, it should have been something like blurted Matt Smith last night <laughs> at the launch of the Doctor Who Christmas special because <laughs> he just says anything. Um, it's one of many questions surrounding next year's 50th anniversary. But if the Doctor's arch nemesis did return to wish him happy birthday and destroy the world, who would play him? John Sim is the most recent actor to fill the role of the evil Time Lord. But if he was to regenerate, who would Smith like to see take his place? Quote, um, can I interrupt with a question? Yes. Have several people played the master? Yes. He's been in for probably um, at least three times, oh, maybe okay. more than that. And oh. he's been played by a different actor each time. All right. Great. So he goes way back as a character. Okay. Continue. Um, so, quote, Smith again. We'd love to have William Shatner on Doctor Who, I'm sure. He's a sci-fi god. He'd be great. But John Sim is pretty damn good in the role, though. Uh, Stephen Moffat, who's the uh, writer, says, "Um, I love William Shatner, but John John Sim is the master. John Sim would beat Shatner up if he thought he was going to take that part. And the Nobody could beat William no, Shatner up. But. definitely not. Um, and the Doctor Who showrunner suggested that signing the Star Trek icon up for another major sci-fi series could be confusing for fans. Oh. Quote, William Shatner being the master would be too confusing, wouldn't it? He's Captain Kirk. He's Captain Kirk. It's already confusing that there are now two Captain Kirks. But if I was considering it, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> that's kind of the way he runs the show is to not tell anybody anything. Right. So then this turned into a thing on Twitter. <laughs> Because people were like, Bill, Bill, would you be on Doctor Who if they asked you? And he was like, "Um, of course I would. So let's see. Um, So someone says to him, uh, you could pass for the master on Doctor Who with the little goatee. And then Bill says, after hearing Mr. Moffat's comment, I decided to do a spinoff called Doctor What? (laughs) Thoughts on this Doctor What idea? We'll hire all the old doctors as the Grand Poobah Council of Starfleet, maybe add a Wookiee and Carrie Fisher. (laughs) And then someone suggested, we have to have Neil Patrick Harris. And Bill says, of course, we'll get him a hat and a scarf. He'd be a perfect fit. <laughs> someone else says, would there be room for Patrick Stewart? And he, he says, there's always room for, for Sir Patrick. Um, let's see. I like it. Maybe even get Dr. No as the villain. <laughs> Bill says, we'll call him Dr. Yes to save on licensing fees. Another person. I think Neil Gaiman should script it with Joss Whedon directing. Oh, Neil Gaiman, yes. Yeah. And then Bill says, well, if we get Joss, then we need Nathan Fillion. Um, And then someone says, if you employ Joss, you're also employing Nathan Fillion. It's a two-for-one deal. Uh, And then Bill says, we'd have to get my Duchess Felicia Day also. So that was really funny. And um, so let me see. I think that was the end of the Twitter discussion on that, but I thought it was really funny that he yes. ran with it. And then, I don't know if you saw this, but on Christmas, or just before Christmas, Bill wrote poetry. 
Oh, no, I totally missed that. I was, you know, totally conked out. What was it? He did a, like, Twas the Night Before Christmas kind of thing. Mm -hmm. He wrote it in all caps. (laughs) And it basically name-checked all the people that he follows on Twitter. Oh, my goodness. So I'll read you a little bit of it. It doesn't really scan very well. (laughs) Okay. Um, So he says... Uh, Twas the day before Tuesday when all through the galaxy no one was stirring except for maybe the real Stanley. That's Stanley. Yes. Um, Excelsior, he exclaimed, but why did I not know? Perhaps he just heard the new song by Miss Cheryl Crow. The nerdist, that's um, the, what's his name? Chris Hardwick. Um, was busy squeeing with joy. Could it be that he was finally retweeted by the real Nimoy? While over in England, uh, Neil himself, that's Neil Gaiman, slowly paced, trying to figure out if Sir Patrick Stew would make a good Doctor Who. No, 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 he decided it would be a disgrace. Besides, you never know who John Sim may punch in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And dear Vanessa Riddle, I do hope on this day you get every heart's wish to come your day. And lest Ricky Gervais not be forgot, is there a funnier man in Britain? I think not. Now, who is this guy, Shatner, to have that say? <laughs> All I know is that I'm the guy who's followed by LL Cool J. Um, let me see if there's any other good ones in here. He, he basically name checks all these people. Yes. And it just goes on and on <laughs> like that for a while. And he ends it by saying, and that's the tale of those who I follow. Happy holidays for me and enjoy tomorrow. <laughs> My best bill. <laughs> okay. So that's what Bill's been doing with his time. He's been um, writing up, uh, he's been considering his Dr. What spinoff and then writing poetry. Okay. Yep. Why don't we take a short break? Okay. Okay, let's take a break. Yay, break. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We love our listeners, and we want to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and comment at the blog at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. This podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Okay, we're back. We are. We're. Oh, whoa, whoa. Sorry, the cat's walking on my computer. Stop that. <laughs> oh, good. We have a star, a star, a podcasting cat now, everyone. Yeah, the problem is when your podcasting cat actually walks on the keyboard of your computer, bad things happen. Yes, unfortunately. Okay. Well, why don't you open your Christmas present? <gasps> oh, okay. Well, here it is. It came in a nice package and, um, it's not wrapped, and it feels like it might be a CD or a DVD. So I'm going to open it right now. Can you hear it? Yes, I can hear it. Crinkle, crinkle. What is it? Oh, no. What is this? <laughs> oh, my God. Who put this together? I don't know. <laughs> it's called Trek Stars Go West. Before they conquered space, they had to face the first frontier. <laughs> 
Wanted. Leonard Nimoy, William Shatner, DeForest Kelly, and Jimmy Doohan. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Okay, let's see what's on it. Um, Nimoy is in something called Tate. He's also in an episode of Bonanza. Let's see. Shatner is in something called Outlaws from 1960. Wow. Yeah. It's black and white. Okay, cool. Let's see. DeForest Kelly in The Lone Ranger. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Doohan in The Last of the Mohicans. Um, another episode of Outlaws with Leonard Nimoy. And finally, Comanche Blanco. Comanche Blanco. Wow. <laughs> this, and, it, and right on the back it says, Disc Made in Mexico. <laughs> Well, I th- I thought we would have fun watching those. Oh, this is going to be great. And I'm sure that this thing that Bill is in has got to be better than um, whatever the thing we watched him in last time. Black that Jade. Horrible Black Jade episode. Wow. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Well, you're very, very welcome. This is going to be good. I'm actually going to open it to see if there's anything on the inside. Oh, okay. All right. Pictures or anything like that. Wow. There are actually two discs. So much entertainment, they couldn't figure put it on just one. Nope, it's just discs. But it's pretty nicely packaged for something that is, like, made in Mexico. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, happy holidays. Thank you. I'm, I'm so wish that your present was here already. It'll be there in January at some point, and um, then we'll open it, and it'll be fine. Okay. That'll be that'll be great. Yeah. The holidays will just go on and on and it's on. It's true. It'll be like the 12 months of Christmas. Um, the one that you're getting in January, I think, is the, like, the silly, crappy present. Okay. And the one that you're getting in April is the more cool, like, useful kind of present. Oh, all righty. Yeah, so be be expecting that. Okay. And I hope that the crappy one is as goofy as it looked to me when I saw it online. I'm sure it will be. Is it yeah. from Etsy? It's not from Etsy. Okay. And in fact, we, we don't have an Etsy segment today because I have not had the time to go through. They've had so much Christmas stuff on Etsy. It was kind of hard to find the better truck stuff. Okay. So next episode, we will have an Etsy segment. Um, I thought maybe... I thought maybe one of our fans had sent us a an Etsy, Etsy link. Link, but Ooh. let me just quickly look because we, well, we you, do have. You said we have fan, fan mail, stuff right? To go through. Oh yes. Oh, okay. Let me um forward it to you. It's from Captain Ho. Yay! Okay. Who still talks about baseball in the middle of winter <laughs> on Twitter? He's a true fan. He is absolutely. I respect that. Okay, yes, and uh, this is this is really wonderfully tacky. So when you get the get the email, open it right up and go straight to the Etsy thing, and okay. and we will then talk about it. Okay. It's <laughs> I like his comment too. It's pretty awful. Oh no! Let's see. Oh my God! <laughs> wow. These look like, okay, do you want to read what it is? Yes, it says, custom Star Trek shoes, hand-painted by me. <laughs> A fan must have. Tell me what you'd like them to look. <laughs> and it's a pair of uh, canvas 
what do you call them, espadrilles maybe? Uh, or vans. They look like vans. Okay. Just like slip-on and sneakers. they are painted. <laughs> Badly. Badly. I mean, Captain Kirk looks so awful. <laughs> he does. He looks like his face got all squished. Yeah. And um, in the picture, <clears throat> you can see that the uh, Dr. Scholl's insoles are in them. Yes. That's good to keep them from smelling. Added I, I like value. How, how there's the pink clouds surrounding them. It's kind of a Star Trek uh, My Little Pony crossover <laughs> or something. And the woman on the transporter pad looks like... Uh, a, Chris Chapel and her boots are Uggs. They are. They are definitely Uggs. What I was going to say is these pictures look, uh, these paintings, if we can call them that, look like they were traced from some of those Star Trek coloring books that, that we've gotten, you mm-hmm. know? They're that childish. Oh, you now, know? if you click through the different uh, pictures, yeah, there are, there's a pair of sneakers Wow, the sides are very Peter Max looking. Yes, yes. There's, ooh, look at this one. Which oh, one? the black ones. Yes, the black ones. Oh. So, um, apparently this this person, Jillian Silva, in Hayward, California. Oh my God. Will oh my goodness. The, I'm looking at the last ones now. I'm looking at the the black one and trying to figure out who the guy is in the picture with Spock is it supposed to be Chekhov I with giant ears with giant, those are maybe he's a Ferengi I don't know no it's not a Ferengi those are the biggest ears though I don't know wow and then there's um the the um the aliens from the cage down yes. there on the yes. side of the shoe and I think that's either Sulu or Chekhov with his arms folded on the bridge looking really pissed off <laughs> Well, side. I want to read you a little bit more about them. Okay. <clears throat> it says, check out my shoes on the red carpet at the Avengers movie event. Are these not the cutest Trekkie fan shoes ever? Ladies and gents, wear your sci-fi pride out the door and make others jealous. Non-fans will wish they were into something so cool. And it's highly unlikely anyone else you know will have anything nearly as rad. If these are too girly for you or too vintage, I am more than willing to make some darker next-generation ones. Okay. Each (laughs) pair of shoes is made in your size and hand-painted by me. Oh, listen to this. Due to the crazy amount of emails I get asking me to reveal the paint I use on the shoes and tell everyone how magically I make them durable, I will say this once here. It is not magic. It's fabric paint. Oh, I, you know, I didn't actually think it was magic. Oh, well, I was totally, totally fooled. Were you convinced <laughs> that it was magic? And really? get this. They're $150. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Yep. Oh, you can save $20 by sending in your own shoes. (laughs) So you can get your own stinky shoes done that way. Okay. Oh, man. Man. No, I don't think I'd spend $150 on those. No. 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 Definitely not. Although you can see a lot of work went into it, but still. Yeah. 
It says, um, the very best custom Star Trek shoes you will find. I dispute this statement. <laughs> okay, go find some better ones, and well, we will talk about them. <laughs> okay, I'll keep looking, but I don't think these are it. Well, I, I want to thank Captain Hull for sending us that. Definitely. Oh, I'm glad we had a look at that. And this is why we need to keep doing the Etsy segment, because this <laughs> is the kind of stuff that people need to know about. <laughs> They definitely need to know about. Okay, let me see what else is here. Um, oh, I had put on our Facebook page a fantastic Captain Kirk tree topper that I hope everybody went and saw. And that came from Mark Thomas. So I wanted <gasps> to, to give him credit. Always good to have Captain Kirk on top of your tree. Oh, well, or on top of or- you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, wait. Did you, now, did I you have s- something more here I wanted to talk about. Um, I know that you didn't take out Big Cardboard Kirk for Christmas, but did you at least say Merry Christmas to him? Of course I did. Okay, good. I didn't want him to feel left out. Okay. Um we got an email from Peter Tazzyman about uh, the new Star Trek movie. Okay. And he, the subject was, well, it's here, and it's a disaster. <laughs> <clears throat> but it says, hey, girls, you've probably already seen this, or you've probably seen this already. You guys are usually all over these things, but I'll tell you about it again. It's a teaser trailer for the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, then in parens, Into Darkness, I think. Yes. <laughs> then there's Link. It looks like the same old lame old. For some reason, they still have fighter jets in the 23rd century. Do you think the little blonde is supposed to be Yeoman Rand? And I replied to him saying I was absolutely sure it was Carol Marcus. And it yeah. turns out it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else. Apparently, there has been a journalist-only screening of the first nine minutes of the movie. This was several weeks ago. Seems that the Enterprise isn't just a starship. It's a submarine as well. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait. That's going to be the best part of the whole movie. Woo! Um, And then he also attached, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it, um, the J.J. Abrams episode of the Nerdist podcast. But he says, when I first listened to it, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. If you haven't heard his thoughts about Star Trek before, before he was set to be the director of the movie, you can hear them straight from the horse's mouth. Personally, I think he needs to be hung, drawn, and quartered. If you can bring yourself to listen, I think you'll be suitably dismayed. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can. That's the thing. So, um, anyway, it's a submarine as well submarine now is that nine minutes available online somewhere i think it is now because i've seen people talking about it Hmm, okay i'll probably have to watch that at some point yes as much as i don't want to just to see it just to yeah yeah gather information Uh, we have one more fan mail i want to read (gasps) oh this is from andrew andrew milnar okay i it looks like m-l-y-n-a-r So it's probably some, you know, secret code, but his name is Andrew. 
says, and I sent this to you and you liked it. Hello, ladies. I was watching the Big Bang Theory the other day and something happened that immediately made me think of your show. Sheldon had ordered a life-size standee of Spock and exclaimed, this is a disaster, when he opened the box and discovered that he had received not the Nimoy version, but the Quinto version. (laughs) I found it amusing and immediately thought of you. I wonder if one of the writers is a fan of your show. Then he goes on to talk about Verner's. Amazing. Because he is not from Michigan, which is where all the, the Verner's fanatics are <clears throat> are generally from. But his dad was from northern Ohio, and so he, he uh, grew up having Verner's. So I got a big kick out of that. But I love that Sheldon said, this is a disaster. Oh, it is It is the watchword, is it not? It I mean, is. It's the thing that you have to say. Yep. This is a disaster. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm becoming more and more convinced that an awful lot of people in power in the the sci-fi media universe watch our show or watch, listen to our show. Because things (laughs) keep popping up. It's true. Especially things like that when it's a direct Star Trek reference with this is a disaster. Well, yeah. I'm going to go with that because it makes me happy to think that. Yes, me too. Jack is really upset that I'm podcasting, and he's running around the apartment humping everything he can find. (laughs) Well, speaking of humping, let's talk about about Bill. Okay. Um, There were some very interesting articles about Bill posted to um, the Moore Shatner group. Oh, okay. And I wanted to reference one of them in particular. Let's see if I can get that open here. This was an article, sorry, um, that appeared in Chicago Magazine. Oh. And I I was very surprised that you had not seen it first since you live in Chicago now. Yes, but I don't get Chicago Magazine. So unless his picture was on the cover and I might have seen it on a newsstand, I don't know that I would know about it. It might be in the Shatner alerts that I simply have not had time to go through. Mm -hmm. Because those come like hundreds of them every day, right? Yes. Yeah. So this was an article in Chicago Magazine, and the, I love it because the headline for the article is, William Shatner spent a Chicago weekend in a swinger's apartment. Oh, you sent me this, didn't you? Yes. And I just, you know, if there's anything that's going to grab readers, that's it. <laughs> that's right it. Right there. So um, it was talking about uh, the fact that he is um, doing another 20-city uh, reprise of his Broadway show, Shatner's mm-hmm. World. And he talked to Chicago in advance of his stop in Aurora. So he goes on a little bit about the things that he's talking about um, and things that he, uh, some of the stories that he's going to tell. He says, let's see. Uh, I know you've been making a bunch, the interviewer says, I know you've been making a bunch of documentaries. What's your latest? He says, the new one out right now is called Get a Life. I ask the question of who goes to these science fiction conventions and I come up with an answer. It's intriguing. Interviewer says, what's the answer? And he says, I discover what I think is the answer, but it's a far more erudite person than I who makes that conclusion. I get the convention goers on film, and it's really absorbing as to what the possible explanation is, why people dress up and get autographs and want their picture taken. Now we're working on a documentary of Xena and the love it engenders. Aww. Which is nice. Interviewer says, you've been to Chicago before. What are some memories that stand out to you about the city? He says, I've shot film in Chicago in the winter right on the lakeshore. Colder, I don't think I've ever been, and I was born in Montreal. (laughs) 
I've been in a swingers apartment and I didn't realize it was a swingers apartment. My wife and I went to an apartment there that somebody said we could use for the weekend. It was an experience. Interviewer says, were the swingers there? And Bill (laughs) says, it was empty, but it was filled with cameras and paraphernalia. We crept out of there. Two little innocents from wicked Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so funny. Um, And then... The normal kinds of uh, Shatner questions. Who wins in a fight, Captain Kirk or T.J. Hooker? And he says, Captain Kirk might put his gun on stun, but Hooker would throw his nightstick at him. I don't know. <laughs> and the guy says, what about the Priceline negotiator? And Bill says, he wouldn't fight. He'd negotiate his way out. <laughs> so somebody told him to go stay in a swinger's apartment. Like, how did that happen? Is he making that up? Did that even happen? Well, the know? swinger offered the apartment hoping bill would swing there and he'd get it on camera i'm sure oh, i guess and i think the only reason bill crept out was he had his wife with him yeah probably otherwise he would have looked right in the camera and said well <laughs> put up or shut up you know really <laughs> so funny oh my goodness he could come oh, stay in bill. my apartment yeah, well, there's lots of places he could come stay. We'd make him very happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, speaking of Bill, I don't know if you saw this one, but this was also posted on More Shatner, and it was uh, some things that Bill's working on right now. So um, let's see. Uh, one and only William Shatner is resting up for the holidays before he heads back out on the road in January with his tour. And this was printed in... Um, the Nashville paper. So it references his stop at the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. Mm -hmm. And Bill says, you never see the city, Shatner tells the Tennessean. The whole effort is getting to the venue, getting there on time and making sure everything's working, including your legs. Hopefully the man behind Captain Kirk, TJ Hooker and more will have time to see some of his numerous Nashville friends, including Brad Paisley, Paisley. Scott Hamilton and Ben Folds, who gave Shatner a grand tour of the town when he produced his his 2004 album Has Been. Shatner says that more music is on the way. In fact, our interview came in the middle of a songwriting session and that having some Music City pals involved is something I would like very much. Quote, it's an ambitious piece, and I've just started to work on it, so we'll see what happens. But somebody wants me to do an album, so I'm taking them up on it. Well, good. Yeah, so we can look forward to some more music from Bill, and hopefully we'll work with some more musicians that will help him in, uh, like the way Ben Folds did. Yeah. Um, He's also just done some um, voiceovers for a new movie that's coming out, an animated movie that's coming out in 2013 called Escape from Planet Earth. Oh, it's a looks like a kid's science fiction movie. Mm-hmm. And I had to read this one tweet that someone said to him. Um, some jerk said, I hear your ego is huge. Most of your colleagues hate your ass and you. And Bill replies, that's because they are jealous. I have a great rear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bill, you do. Oh, my God. You know, I do love that Bill does so much interaction in, in tweeting. Yeah. He's really engaging with people. Uh, yes, yes. Funny. I think that's great instead of just, you know, I, I'm sure many celebrities just tweet about their upcoming projects or appearances. Mm-hmm. And, and Bill does plenty of that, but I think it's great that he also does the other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Oh, Bill. Everywhere, doing everything. Oh, I know. He's so busy. And I have to say, um, I'm still watching like mad for the call for ushers. For his show in Aurora, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and the big newsletter came out, 
and it wasn't listed. So, huh. I don't Weird. know. Maybe it'll be a last-minute kind of thing? Well, yeah, we do get, you know, three emails a week, you know, on, on when they really need need people. Nobody signed up and stuff. So I'll keep watching because I am hoping to usher for that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, let's see. I had one more piece of um, reporting on Bill that I wanted to read a little bit from. This was also on the Moore Shatner Group. And this is from last February. Um, but uh, there were two good things in here. So it was just an article about him going back on Broadway, and the person who talked to him framed this as Kirk's Commandments, and so here are some laws to live by. Oh, okay. These are the two most interesting ones. Um, Love is one of those words that everybody thinks of differently. You may say, I love you, but what you're feeling is different from the object of your love. I've become more and more particular about using the word love. The last time I used it in a romantic sense was with my wife, and we're very clearly established through many intense conversations, what we both mean by it. Hmm. So that was good. Then he talks about sex. Of course. I won't give anecdotes. Damn. But I will say the sublime moments of sex are the total expression of love. And the one night stands and two night stands don't have that sub, sub, sub what is this word? He's trying to say uh, subtleness, but he's got sublimity to oh. it. <laughs> Sublimity? Is that a word? Maybe Sublimity? He, he's si- trying to say the the something having to do with being sublime. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like the quality of being sublime, but I didn't know sublimity was a word. Well, okay. it is now. It is now. Um, lust is great, but it is not the supreme moment, the total expression of love. Oh, well, he would know, wouldn't he? He would know. And I like the fact that he says one night stands and two night stands. <laughs> Three night stands. Stands. Be different. <laughs> a whole week in a hotel room. Um, yeah. So I thought that that was pretty good. Oh, cool. Um, I wanted to talk about this thing I sent you in my list. Yes. Um, there's a, a photo of, like, what somebody thinks the TNG characters would look like for an animated <laughs> yes. Uh, I saw that, yes. And I wanted to talk about it if I can get the damn thing to open here. Yes, I'm I'm looking at the way they're drawn. They're drawn very much in the style of um, currently the way they draw uh, the DC animated characters, so Superman and Batman. It's very stylized where um, the men all have these shoulders that are about five times as wide as they should be, and, and they all stand sort of like on with their weight on one leg it's very weird and they have gigantic um feet and, yes. and big clunky boots yeah it's it's kind of influenced by japanese anime and then when you can when really DC, see that in crusher yeah when they took it over for dc they they did this so this is very much along the the lines of the current uh, superman mm-hmm. and batman stuff that's on television weird well picard's arms are hanging like he's a gorilla <laughs> he does look like a gorilla it's pretty funny <laughs> i like how Riker is about twice as tall as he is <laughs> yeah it, it's just a very um i mean at least if it, you could tell it's supposed to be Riker and picard but if it weren't for the costume you'd have no idea that was supposed to be crusher no not at all doesn't look anything like her no not a bit, but it made no. me laugh. The, the, oh, it's very the giant boots and everything just totally cracked me up. It was like, <laughs> you know, how can how can you even walk? Your shoes look like they they weigh fifty pounds each. 
Oh, that's a good one. Where did you find that? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Do it. Does it say in my email? No, you just attached it. It, it. was from Fan Expo Canada, but oh. I, I don't know. You know, if I found it in a an announcement or what. Also, um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I attached the wrong article to the email I sent you, but I do remember it. There was a contest where um, there were a number of people in it, uh, William Shatner, Morgan Freeman, Ed Asner, and others, where for $299 uh, contribution to some charity, they would do your voicemail announcement. Now, it wow. wasn't guaranteed. You know, it was kind of like they'd do it when they felt like it or whatever. But um, <clears throat> somebody had asked, you know, well, well, what if it's a, a, a sexy announcement or whatever? And Bill said, oh, I'm sure there'll be some of that. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Of course he would. Of course. He'll say whatever you want him to say. Yep, you know, yep. just especially hey, if it's for charity. It. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, good. And hopefully he will give it, you know, the full Shatner treatment. Of course, of course he would. That is great. I like that very much. Yes. Now, I did not watch this other video that you sent of Bill warning of the turkey frying dangers. I did, and it's been so long since I've forgotten about it. <laughs> but so I did read something that um, the, the the last one that he did last year <clears throat> was very effective, very popular. They had a lot fewer nationwide um, turkey frying fires and, and accidents. So well, they did ask him to come do a second one. And I know at the end he does something weird, but like I say, I can't remember what it is. So, um, yeah, we're kind of falling down on the job here, aren't we? Oh, uh, well, it's just been a long time, man, you know. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, sort of uh, Bill is everywhere kind of thing, when I was out Christmas shopping, I was in a bookstore and uh, let's see if I can find my own tweet. <laughs> um, let's see. Hold on just one second. So I was in a bookstore and I'm looking around and I see all of these books that they have. And one of the books is like a, uh, a top, what is it? Oh, it's called Obsessed with TV. That's what it is. Okay. And it's just a book about, you know, all these different kinds of things that were on TV and what people love TV so much. And what are the pictures that are on the front? Well, one of them is a picture of Lucille Ball. One of them is a picture of the Simpsons. And what's the other picture? Bill. Of course. Of course. Because putting him on the cover always sells more books. That's this right. is a fact and we know it. So whenever you associate Bill with something, you get a better result. It's the Shatner effect. Yep. So I was in the store. I took a picture of it and I tweeted it immediately. <laughs> Because, you know, people need to see these things. Yeah, it is amazing how many articles we find where they have a picture of Bill where he's barely mentioned or not mentioned at all. <laughs> yeah. But I it's just, like, I oh, God, read it. There's Bill. What's he doing? <laughs> I, and, and, you know, it, it's just, I think it's it must be something that's like a, a, a rule in journalism now. Like, whenever possible, add William Shatner yeah. to get more, more views or more traffic or sell more books or something like that. It just... It used to be the way, like, if you wanted something to sell more, you would just add sex to it, like you would have a sexy girl doing it. Uh -huh. That doesn't do it anymore. Adding William Shatner is the thing that will get you more traffic. 
Yes. Well, and you know, the other rule in journalism having to do with him apparently is, has fallen by the wayside, is you do not always have to use some variation of boldly going mm-hmm. somewhere in the article because now, you know, he's known so much for the Priceline Negotiator and Denny Crane and all the millions of other things he does. Mm-hmm. So you don't always have to uh, men- make some pun having to do with boldly going. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, and I just wanted to point out, when we were talking before about this uh, article about him being in Doctor Who, that, in fact, the picture that they used was a picture of Bill. It wasn't a picture of Matt Smith. <laughs> it wasn't a picture of Stephen Moffat. It wasn't a picture of the TARDIS or anything. They showed, like, a giant picture of Bill. Um, I'm kind of, while we're talking, going through some old email, and there's something, this is how... I sent this to you on November 18th, and we haven't gotten around to talking about it because I've been sick. But it was a quote from Chris Pine. Oh, my God. And um, here's what he has to say about the Star Trek movie. There's one scene in it that's like, you know, in all kinds of heavy science fiction, there's got to be the exposition scene where it's like, what the hell's going on? It's a really, really, really hard scene. <laughs> oh, don't let him talk to the press. <laughs> Just don't. Don't let him talk ever. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> yeah. I remember when you sent me that, and I remember having the same reaction, just sort of slapping myself in the head. Oh, I know. (sighs) He's such an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I should probably look look up when that movie's going to open. Let's just check. Okay. Star Trek Into Darkness opening. Oops. If I could spell opening, that would be good. I think it's in the summer. I think it is in the summer, too. Oh, look at this. What? Here's here's a, a news article from one day ago. Yes. Dying Trekkie gets private into darkness screening. A terminally ill Star Trek fan had his wish to see Star Trek Into Darkness come true thanks to J.J. Abrams himself. Aw. And that's that killed him, right? I probably did, unfortunately. Did he instantly <laughs> blog about it? <laughs> Give it all away. Spoiler alert. <sighs> yep, he got to see it a couple of hours ago, and he loved it. J.J. Abrams is the man. I'm going to buy an extra ticket for Dan when it comes out, as his friend said. Uh, well, what, what else was he going to say with Abrams probably sitting there, you know? He yeah. Be like, oh, dude, this was bad. Oh. This was so bad. Oh, oh <laughs> pain, pain, pain. It comes out in May. Okay. So we'll have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Ugh. Well, you know, let's re- wait till it's kind of through its run and um, That's true. going to be at a drive-in. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I really want to do that. <laughs> I do too. I'm sure we could we could do that. I'm sure there will be um, some place there'll be a drive-in where we could go and take some friends with us. Okay, okay, that would be all right. And sneak in yeah. a lot of beer and everything. Yeah. Just take a cooler. You have to. You have to take a swig every time there's lens flare, oh. and, <laughs> you know. Oh, let's see. Uh, what other things did we want to talk about? I don't know. Do you have a list? 
Well, we went through most of the stuff on the list. Okay. Well, I think um, we went through most of uh, the stuff on my list. I wanted to ask you, though, what is Stephen Moffat's role in, in Doctor Who? Is he a writer, producer? He is the main writer, um, and he is also what they call in England a showrunner. Well, they call him that here, too. Yeah, so that's what he is. So he kind of has, you know, supreme executive power over the show. Like, he gets to make the creative decisions, and he gets to do, you know, rewrites on the scripts, and he's there when they're filming it and doing all that, that kind of stuff. So he's the guy, even though he doesn't write every single episode. Right. He is also the guy in that similar role. On Sherlock. On Sherlock, yeah. So he's doing two shows at one time, which apparently has caused some issues because um, when he's writing scripts mm-hmm. for either Sherlock or for Doctor Who, they're very late because <laughs> he's just a little too busy. Yeah. Um, so this has been an issue, and it also caused some issues when they were shooting The Hobbit because um, with Martin Freeman, they needed him right. to be in certain places at certain times, and so they kept having to push back the Sherlock shooting because of it. And when they could get him, they didn't have scripts, and it, it got very complicated. Yeah, I just read an article today about um, fans are worried now that with Martin Freeman with The Hobbit now being a movie star and Benedict Cumberbun now being a movie star with Star Trek, would the Sherlock series continue, mm-hmm. you know? And the the word from on high is, yes, as long as we can you know, get both of them in here at the same time. It's going to be scheduling challenge. Mm-hmm. So, but, oh, that's so good. I just love the Sherlock stuff. So, Okay, well, good work, Stephen Moffat. Yes, he's a good guy. And yeah. he's very funny. He He's written um, some good columns for uh, the papers in the U.K. where he just talks about um, – I just read one today where he was talking about what Christmas was like, and he spends the first paragraph saying, you know, his children still believe in the magic of Christmas. He's tried for years to convince them that there really is a guy named Santa Claus, but they persist in believing that it's he and his wife who brings them presents. (laughs) (laughs) And then he went into a whole thing about how he he gets obsessive-compulsive, like he'll start to put toys together mm-hmm. and then he'll just keep putting them together and keep putting them together and eventually he's breaking into his kids lego sets to start building them <laughs> <laughs> he just can't stop himself he has to build things put stuff together oh my goodness it was very funny <laughs> well maybe we should wrap this up for now i think so but it's so, so good to finally out. be doing a show I again know, i know it, it is so we'll get this out and then we'll start to, to go back through all of our, our lists of things that we wanted to talk about um, and have put aside. And we'll watch some things. And then next time we'll have a show um, in just a couple of weeks. And we'll be back on track for 2013. Yes. And Happy New Year to everyone in Buttville. Yes. Happy New Year to everyone. And Happy Christmas. And thanks to all of our friends who have been emailing us and tweeting us. And um, thanks to Maynard, who's, who I've been tweeting with a couple of times, who just continues to be our staunchest supporter in Australia. Yes. So wonderful. And also, if we have any listeners in or near Ilfracum, <laughs> we would love to hear from you. I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> I just want to get an email from Ilfracum. That would be cool. That would be very cool. And and as always, um, you know, send, drop us a line if you like the show just to let us know. Or you could even 
um, put a review up on iTunes. Oh, yes. Not, not, you know, not that we care very much about those reviews, but it's always nice to have people just popping in once in a while to say, this is a good show and you should listen to it because yes. it's good. Yes, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, we like that. Um, so until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to 2013, and we'll be back very soon. Live long and potluck. Yeah, bye. 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 <laughs>